We welcome you to the 2v1 Sportscast with your starting lineup, Clint, Hauser, and Josh. It's showtime. What's going on, everybody, and welcome to episode 9 of the 2v1 Sportscast. Hopefully everyone's doing well. Hauser and Josh look like they're they're pumped and excited. They're over there throwing their arms in the air. Uh, Wave it like just don't talk. care. Another day <laughs> in paradise. Uh, quite the, the week this week, so we have a lot to talk about. So let's jump right into it. And first off, uh, BYU ended their two game losing streak. They beat Washington State 21 19. Wasn't the prettiest game ever, but a win's a win. They're six and two. They're bowl eligible. And I guess I'll just start with Hauser's thoughts on how the Cougars played this week. Yeah, I, I mean, a win's a win. Not the prettiest, which is fine, but still a win. And that's the nice thing. I mean, if you look at it. <clears throat> Uh, BYU didn't trail after the like third quarter, which is great. Um, Jaron Hall, you can tell he's still coming back from injury, and but Tyler Algier, like 191 yards on 32 carries, like that's the bread and butter for the BYU offense. Their defense looked better. Um, I don't know. I don't know. BYU scared me after those two losses. <laughs> I think they're going to do better. Like, obviously, like, yeah, uh, Washington State had a decent passing, but this time they held the rushing under 93 yards, and I think that's e- essential for BYU to continue to win, is holding teams under 100 yards of rushing um, and making sure they're winning the turnover rate, uh, margin. But... You know, good win for BYU, and I believe they have... Oh, they play Virginia next. So I think that's going to be a good win to kind of keep momentum going into Virginia, a 6-2. and So, I don't know. Go BYU. Yeah, I think we can talk more about the Virginia matchup here in just a second because that's a big matchup, both 6-2. and Bronco Mendenhall coming back to... To Provo, so that's huge. But yeah, I agree, Hauser, with the fact that you know they kept those turnovers down. Uh, Malik Moore almost had three interceptions. He had one. He had two others that were this close that he dropped. And yeah, there's still lots of improvement that needs to be done. Uh, but they're both eligible now. You know, they're back in the top 25, ranked number 25. This game this week is huge, but they're. The one thing about that I have haven't been able to comprehend the last few weeks is BYU and Utah can't seem to win on the same weekend. Josh, what do you have to say about your Utes? I mean, typical Utes as usual. Just they have one game that um I mean they haven't really had an undefeated season in years. Um but with the Oregon State, I mean I give the Beavers credit. They they played they played well. Um comparing to what the Utes did and the Beavers did, 
Um, I mean, flat out, I mean, Utah had a great first half. I think that's the best um, they could have done to start off the first half, but then they just decided to leave everything in the locker room. Um, and the second half, especially their defense, their offense was okay. I mean, it kind of digressed a little bit in the second half, but I think overall the defense just kind of let Oregon State all over them. And so that was that was a disappointment to me. Um, I mean, but that's typical Utah right there. Um, and so they themselves even have a tougher matchup going into UCLA, which UCLA is no joke. You never want to overlook them. And they had games where they almost beat, like, you know, Oregon. Um, and so UCLA has a lot of momentum. I mean, I'm still confident that they can pull out the win in in Salt Lake just because they're at home. If it was in California, I may have some different thoughts about it. Um, but I think also what's big too, is they, they lose their defensive linebacker, Devin Lloyd, the first half because of the targeting. And Devin Lloyd is probably one of the best linebackers in the, in the, in not just the PAC 12, but in college football. Um, I saw the list that Mel Kuyper put out that he's projected eighth um, in the mock draft that he's put together. So um, that hurt him quite a bit in the first half. Um, But, you know, I, with them being at home, I think that can give them the energy and the confidence that they need to with UCLA. And they're riding on, not necessarily a streak, but they've beat UCLA the past, I think, um, most of the time, the past eight or nine years. Um, so there's definitely that on their side, but it'll be interesting to see uh, for sure. But talking a little bit about BYU, just to summarize and shortly here, um, what was the difference was your running game. Algier, like Hauser said, almost 200 yards. I think that was a difference maker compared to the Baylor game. Algier didn't run that much and for that long. Um, so I think if BYU continues the run game, having that mix, I think they'll be just fine. I do have to say, um, uh, BYU, like Virginia is a throwing team and they have an awesome quarterback. So I think BYU's, you know, secondary is actually doing pretty good this year and the weak link in BYU's defense is their linebackers. So I think they have a pretty good like matchup with Virginia. You let the defensive line go and rush that quarterback. I think they'll get a few sacks. Um, but as well, you know, going to Utah and this game versus UCLA. Um, UCLA's starting quarterback, uh, Thompson Robinson, is hurt. Um, I think they should have actually beaten Oregon. UCLA should have. I think they would have went down and scored. If he didn't get hurt, they were marching down, and then he gets hurt, and then they threw an interception. So I think Thompson Robinson, that's the difference maker between Utah winning this game on Saturday and losing. If he's healthy and he's back, I think UCLA is just, you know, they're a better team through both halves, where Utah's just a one-half team. That's all they've been this whole year. Uh, they might show us wrong, but eh, I've only seen them be a ha- one half team. Like when they played ASU, I watched the first half. It's like midnight here. So I watched the first half. I was like, sweet. ASU's going to win. I had them picked. And then all of a sudden I wake up to Josh's text. Let's go. You know, it's classic saying. And Utah, I'm like, what the heck? Utah won. 
And then I went to bed at this Utah-Oregon State game, again, midnight here over on the East Coast. I was like, oh, Utah win, cool. And then I look, and Josh is like, oh, of course, Utah. Their defense, man, they fell asleep. And I was like, are you kidding me? So I just can never rely on the first half or one half for the Utah Utes. <laughs> I just hope that with that being the case, they just have a crappy first half and then they come back in the second half. If that happens, great. I won't worry about it. But if they have a really good first half, I'll be like, well, shoot. <laughs> yeah, I I agree with what you were talking about, Hauser. I didn't realize that UCLA's quarterback got hurt. Um, we'll talk about it later in the pickums, but I do have UCLA winning this game. Uh, I went back and forth because I'm like he, Utah's at home. You know they played well at home. Uh, UCLA's kind of had a I don't know back and forth uh, year. I mean they've looked really good, and then they lose to Fresno State, then they start looking good again. Beat Stanford, then they lose to Arizona State, which is a good Arizona State team, and then they nearly beat Oregon last week. So. If their quarterback is healthy, I agree with Hauser. I think they can win this game, but it is in Rice Cycles. You know, Utah's played well there this year. I don't think they've lost at home. I don't think, have they? I haven't looked at their schedule, so I'm not sure, but I don't think they have. So, yeah, I, I, I think Utah will probably give UCLA a really good game, but I do have UCLA winning. And they proved me wrong. That's funny, you know, because Utah... I ha- I was thinking that they're gonna you know all of a sudden just be this comeback team of the year and then then they lose to Oregon State so and Josh texted all, all of us and was all happy about them winning in the first half and then all of a sudden I I wasn't even paying attention to the game and then all of a sudden he messaged I can't remember exactly what he said but I was like wait Utah's losing now and I went look at it, I was like oh the key okay. the key things that kind of did it for Utah in the second half was when Oregon State came out, like first drive, quickly scored, and then they got a block punt from us, which Utah is always famous for their special teams. They always have a stellar special teams, but then they make that mistake. And I think just having those two consistent plays, I think that's what did it for them because after that, everything just started going downhill for Utah, and they couldn't really rally from it. I mean, they they tried, but... Um, I just think those two critical events starting the second half, I think that's what did it for them. So I think overall, Utah can clean up their act. I mean, Cal Whittingham is, is basically puts the special teams together. He holds them together. And so I think they'll clean up their act and, I mean, hope that – I mean, I haven't heard word from the UCLA quarterback if he's they're planning on him playing or what. But, yeah, that will be a key factor for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Um, real quick, my my thought on BYU in Virginia. We kind of went back and forth between Utah and BYU right there, but um, I think it's going to be a heck of a game. Uh, I think there'll be a little bit of emotion with Bronco Mendenhall being back, and they're both six and two. And uh, I think it'll really give BYU a chance to get back up in the standings, in the rankings, and really show that you know. They're not a fluke this year, so we'll find out. Side, and like Hauser said, side note, like Hauser said, Virginia's quarterback's really good. So yeah, I sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt you, but quick side note: ESPN actually has Virginia barely favored in this game, which I find that interesting with BYU at home. But I think they take into consideration Virginia's passing game because 
they're actually ranked fourth overall offensively, which that says that says something. They're past happy, but I think BYU's corners. Oh yeah, they are. Kind of keep them contained. That's all I have to say. Yeah, we'll have to see. So, all right, let's transition now to uh, the sport we skipped last week, the NFL. Uh, lots, lots going on in the NFL right now, and the question is now for Hauser and Josh's teams, Seahawks 49ers, like, is it time to panic? Two and four for the 49ers, two and five for the Seahawks. I don't know who wants to go first, but... <laughs> I mean, panic time was, you know, two weeks ago for the Seahawks with Russell Wilson being injured and, you know, but it's hard. I mean, right now it's funny to see, like, everyone turning pointy fingers and blaming Pete Carroll and saying he's overrated and too old school and he's, you know, the times have moved on from him and they've outgrown him. Maybe, but I mean, realistically, if you look at his past three seasons, he went to the playoffs with 10 wins three years ago. Two years ago, went to the playoffs with 11 wins. Last year, they went to the playoffs with 12 wins. Like, that doesn't show me a sign of like a team that's slowing down. I think it's a team that is riddled with injuries. You lose your star quarterback. You've had some, you know, Terrible mistakes, uh, like last game, missing two field goals against the Steelers. They missed one field goal. Geno Smith, you know, fumbling it where he had the chance to run it down. Um, this time, Geno Smith getting sacked twice on the last drive. Like, Seahawks are just not winning at crucial moments. Like, the Seahawks shot themselves how many times in the foot on the final drive for the Saints this last game? where they got the, you know, roughing the passer, where they didn't stop him on third and 10, where they, you know, had the offsides on the field goal. Like it just, you know, Seahawks are just not getting the breaks they need and never have anything going their way this year, which is okay. Um, You know, I texted Josh and Clinton. I was like, you know, this is a good year to lose the rest. Don't bring Russell Wilson back. And get a top 10, you know, top 12 pick in the draft and, you know, hopefully boost up our defensive line or cornerback. Uh, I'd really like our rookie cornerback, Brown. I think he can be a star. He's not your typical Pete Carroll uh, lengthy guy, but I think he can be a star for the Seahawks. I just think it, it needs to take time. Um, but I would not fire Pete Carroll over this season. I'd give him another season, and if things don't work out, I would fire him if that makes Russell Wilson happy because we obviously see how bad the Seahawks are without Russell Wilson. Yeah, these two were texting back and forth last night, I think it was, and Josh was like, they should fire Pete Carroll because – Hauser came back at him like, well, what has the 49ers coach done the last couple of years, you know, and they didn't fire him. So I thought it was funny watching these two banter about that. But speaking of that, Josh, what do you have to say about your 49ers? You know, initially as a fan, you just want to just j- jump to conclusions and say fire, fire everybody, like just change the whole 
landscape of the team and everything like that. But the more I look at it, I mean, I just need to kind of look back at the famous saying with Eric Rogers, just relax. But I mean, yeah, we're two and four. Um, the losses that we've had basically were within a touchdown. Um, but another thing to look at too is, I mean, I hate to take blame on injuries, especially last year. I mean, I'm not afraid to say last year was just, we had full of injuries and we just, that was a throwaway season for them last year. Um, even this year, like some of our key players are out with injuries. We have Trent Williams, who we signed as um, the offensive lineman, who is one of the best offensive linemen in the league. Um, we have Ken Law, who we drafted. He's um, starting to become a rising star defensively. He's hurt. Of course, we got Trey Lance. We have Raheem Mostert, who um, carried the running back game for the past few years. And then, of course, we have our key receiver, Kittle, who is one of the best tight ends um, in the league as well. So injuries do play a part of it. Um, And so a lot of people say put in Garoppolo. I mean, I've said from time to time, like, try, just give Trey Lance a try. Just kind of see how he is and then see what happens the year after that. Um, But I saw a statistic that they put up for the Sunday Night Football game comparison between when Garoppolo plays and starts compared to other quarterbacks under Kyle Shanahan. I, I remember if I remember correctly, they had Jimmy Garoppolo's record of 24 and 11 and other quarterbacks were like eight and 20 something. Um, And so it just goes to show that Jimmy Garoppolo can get it done. There are some moments where he's, he has his hiccups but overall, I mean, he did lead him to the Super Bowl years ago. Um, I believe that wasn't a fluke. They had the talent to do so. Unfortunately, we ran into Patrick Mahomes, but any team who runs at that team years ago would have probably dealt with the same thing. And, of course, Kyle Shanahan decided to mess up their lead like he did with the Falcons, where he should have just ran the ball in the second half most of the time to run the clock down. But that didn't help. And that's always... I'll let you go. I'll let you go, Hauser. Uh, I was just going to say, I, I mean, I'm glad you said back then the Chiefs, because right now the Chiefs aren't really a threat. <laughs> yeah, I like I mean, <laughs> the Titans whooped them this time. I think, you know, going to your Trey Lance, Jimmy G, who should start, I, I have a really hard time with the NFL, you know, throwing a rookie in so quick, like, if you look at these great quarterbacks, none of them, I mean, most of them, I should say not none of them, most of them didn't start rookie year and become all-stars. I mean, Aaron Rodgers set the bench for a few years behind Brett Favre, was getting trained. Tom Brady, you know, was sitting the bench, had an injury. Um, he didn't have an injury. The starting quarterback had an injury. He came in behind an all-star. Like, the thing is, is these great quarterbacks take time to develop and they're, you know, they have the opportunity to learn from a veteran, learn from someone that's good. And I don't think you should be, you know, jumping to conclusions for one bad game with Jimmy G. Like he's done really well for you guys. And I think he can lead Trey Lance to be a great quarterback, but I think it's going to take a couple years before you throw him into the fire. I mean, look at the Browns going through all their starting quarterbacks. Look at Justin Fields. <laughs> I mean, look at Zach Wilson. 
like Trevor Lawrence. We're seeing all these quarterbacks right now. They're all getting murdered because it's just it's a faster game. It's not like two or three all stars. Now every player is an all star, and so it's you got to take time to learn to get up to speed and learn the fundamentals of the NFL. Yeah, I agree. That I mean, you bring the whole thing up about the quarterbacks getting hit and stuff. Like I, I was talking to you guys a couple weeks ago about your quarterbacks getting hurt and everything, and I was like, hopefully mine doesn't, and then. Zach Wilson got hurt this week. Uh, PCL, sprain, he's out for two to four weeks. And then uh, the Jets went today, actually traded for Joe Flacco to come play for him while he's hurt. And Hauser and I were texting about this earlier, talking about how that could be a good uh, veteran to come in and for Wilson to learn off of. I mean, he's a Super Bowl champion. So uh, as much as that sucks for the... The Jets, uh, just what Hauser's talking about, it's a faster game. Uh, I think they kind of let the Patriots get away with a few things there that uh, tackle when he got the injury. When the I don't even know who it was, but he hit him under the leg, like a leg tackle and no call. It was kind of dumb, but, you know, it's the NFL, so. I, I, I would say, I mean, it's unfortunate for Zach to get injured like that but i mean i don't see fouls like i get they should be fouls in the nfl but that's football like the guy's just going well, yeah, for but tackle. that's technically illegal though like that should be a flag well, yeah but um, not when he's running too he it wasn't yeah. like he was in he was running he's a, he's a runner now right. like in, in the it, end he just needs an offensive line that can hashtag protect him save, and that won't happen. save zach <laughs> So before we transition, let, let's talk real quick about the stand, current standings in the NFL. Uh, I have them right here. So in the... Let's see. In the AFC, kind of a surprising team up there, Cincinnati. Uh, Josh was talking earlier about, you know, Cincinnati is this week. He was like, Cincinnati's looking good, and then Vegas, and then Tennessee... Buffalo, and then wild cards are Baltimore, Chargers, and Cleveland right now, right there on the bubble. So, Hauser, what do you have to say about the AFC and how it's shaping up, the AFC shaping up? I mean, I'll just go ahead and say, like, this is kind of a fluke. <laughs> I, I mean... Yeah, Cincinnati's pretty good. You know, Las Vegas Raiders, they're always good in the first seven games. Uh, Tennessee deserves to be there. Buffalo deserves to be there. Ravens deserve to be there. I think the Chargers deserve to be there. You know, I think Kansas City, yeah, they're 3-4 and four right now. They're going to end up being in it. And I still think Indiana... Uh, the Indianapolis Colts can still be there. Can Cincinnati and the Raiders make it? I think so. I really think the you know the Raiders don't have a hard division besides the Chiefs, and the Chiefs are struggling. And I don't think the Chiefs are going to get any better because um, they need a better offensive line. But I think they can win it. I think you know with the injuries, the Cleveland, Pittsburgh 
not doing well. Um, Cincinnati can, you know, potentially win that division. Yeah, they have the Ravens to go through, but if things work out, you know, and, you know, dominoes fall in the right places, I think Cincinnati can win that division. So, I don't know. It's a good mixture. I kind of like the teams. They're new. It's exciting. Get the old ones out. Um, it's always good to see new teams. It's always oh, yeah. good to see new teams in any sport. Uh, so then let's look at the NFC right now. Arizona, 7-0. and They haven't had their midseason fallout yet, Hauser. Uh, Tampa Bay is at 6-1. and Green Bay is at 6-1. and Dallas is at 5-1. and Rams are at 6-1. and New Orleans, 4-2. and And then Minnesota is right there on the bubble at 3-3. Three and three. This, this division, or this, yeah, this... Uh, is looking kind of crazy. So, Josh, what do you have to say about the NFC and how that's going to shape up? Like, we still have 10 weeks left. I mean, looking at just the NFC in its entirety, I mean, when I'm looking at it, it's most of the teams that are in the playoff race, I'm just looking at them. Most of them were projected to, you know, be at this point. I think a team, as far as, like, a record standpoint, that – um, surprises me is, of course, Arizona. They're undefeated, and I mean, I'm not saying they're a bad team. They have a lot of talent, but um, they're just destroying everyone in their way. I mean, the next challenge is they're facing Green Bay, so that'll be a fun game to watch for sure. Um, I mean, Dallas, I'm, I'm always referring to them as just an accident way it happened. Um, you know, they, the teams that they played Dallas alone, I mean, they played like – okay teams like half and half i'd say um i mean they beat the chargers i'll give them that um they beat the patriots which they're leading their division but then you look at you have the giants you have the panthers the eagles i mean they lost to the buccaneers just barely um and so i i mean at this point looking at the nsc with the cowboys giants um, that division as a whole, it's not a great division. <laughs> um, so, I mean, the Cowboys can make it in, um, in that division. I think the way that things are going, especially with the rest of the teams in the division, but I mean, it's, it's going to be a bloodbath come playoff time um, at the end. Cause you got the powerhouse teams there in the NFL as a whole. Um, Cause we have the Arizona Cardinals. We have Tampa Bay, Green Bay, Dallas, the Rams, the Saints, uh, Minnesota's in there. Um, so I think overall, it's it'll be a fun playoff uh, series to watch in the NFC for sure. For sure, we'll see. We'll see how it all plays out here in the next. Hey, oh, hold on. Go ahead. Go ahead. You know, I said Cardinals have their midseason. It's not quite midseason yet. It's true. It's true. Just wait. I I really do think Cardinals are gonna have some midseason hiccups. I don't think they're not a great team. They are. They've they've really found the you know key players they need. And I think they need the leadership from JJ Watt and you know Hopkins is stepping up and I think that really helps. And I think they're a great team and Kyler Murray is playing out of his mind right now. But I'm waiting for that, you know, that slump to come. And I think it will start coming once they start playing um more of like the Seahawks and 
Green Bay and the Niners. Yeah, Seahawks and Niners are not doing great, but it's still in division. Like, and those divisional games yeah. are difficult no matter who you're playing. Yeah. I see what you're saying. And it could start this week. They play Green Bay. So, all righty. We'll, we'll talk a little more NFL in a bit as we get to the NFL pick them later on. But let's transition real quick here. World Series starts tonight. Uh, Houston Astros versus the Atlanta Braves. It's uh, a sad day for Josh. His Dodgers got beat. Kept telling us they were going to come back. History was going to repeat itself. And it didn't. So, real quick, I just want to hear Josh's quick thoughts on his Dodgers. I mean, make it plain simple. Dodgers played as usual in the past five years of them being in the postseason. I mean, they just don't live up to their potential in the regular season. I mean... Last year, people can look at it as a fluke, um, being COVID and everything. But, um, I mean, I'm just happy they finally got a ring um, for years to come. Um, but, I mean, yeah, just it just goes back to they didn't live up to their potential um, like they did in the regular season. But I give credit to the Braves. They Right now, they're the hottest team right now as far as hitting goes. They're just hitting out of their mind. Um and so, I mean, they got uh, Rosario via trade um, by Pablo Sandoval. Out of any player they get rid of to trade for Rosario, they give up him. And then next thing you know, it's like now they're in the World Series. But I think the Dodgers will come together again as normal. They got definitely questions to to answer in the in the off season with all the free agents. But I think they'll I think they'll be back. I'm. Not terribly worried, but then we'll see what happens in the playoffs. Yeah, I guess we'll see. So it's the Houston Astros, Atlanta Braves in the World Series. It's actually the game one's going on right now. Atlanta leads 5-1 in the bottom of the fifth currently. Uh, Atlanta led off with uh, their first player, first swing he did, home run. So it was pretty cool. So, Hauser, what's your thoughts on your Braves and how this World Series is going to go against the Hated Astros. At least I don't like them. All I have to say, go Braves. Be the cheating Astros. And I look forward to them bringing home, you know, the World Series. Yeah, go Braves. Go Braves. We even have a hot Josh cheering for the Braves because the team that beat his Dodgers was the cheating Astros a few years ago. I was telling Josh when we were golfing a couple weeks ago that the, I will cheer for his Dodgers that they end up playing Houston because I don't like Houston. So I, All I have to say about his Dodgers, they come back from worse. They've come back from worse. <laughs> they have. They've come back from worse. <laughs> but next they, season. They've, they've, come, they've came back from getting beat out of the playoffs, you know, winning the World Series. I mean, they have. But. <laughs> uh, so, Josh, uh, let's get your prediction. Here, what's going to happen? Who's going to win? How many games in the World Series? I mean, all eyes on um, this World Series for sure. Plain and simple. I think whoever wins will have will have the hottest hitting for sure. And right now, that's the Braves, and it shows right now. Um, I think that will still continue. The Braves have a lot of hitting that they can do. Um, I mean, the Astros, bunch of cheaters. I don't care what anyone says that they're not cheating anymore, but once a cheater, always a cheater in my mind. 
Um, they disgrace the game, um, the great game baseball. And so I won't, I plain and simple, Braves are going to win it. How many games? I say a sweep because I want the Astros to be miserable from this. I, they deserve to get swept from the past cheating that they've done. So I say sweep Braves and four. That's a that's a better right. uh, LA Dodger <laughs> fan right there. <laughs> I don't think it's gonna be a sweep. The Astros, as much as we all hate them, are a good team. They won ninety five games this year. They're a good team. They deserve to be here this year. Obviously, years past they didn't deserve to be there, but this year they deserve to be there. They've showed that they can win. Hopefully, they didn't cheat. We'll figure it out probably in a year. Um, but I think, you know, the Braves are, they have a lot more heart right now and they're hitting really well. We're seeing that in this first game. Um, it'd be really cool to see the Braves in five so they can win at home. I, I doubt it. I think the Astros, you know, it's going to be close and I think it's going to be another game six, game seven. I'm cheering for my Braves. I think six for the Braves, and if it goes to seven, I think, you know, the Astros have been there before, and I think the Astros will win it in seven. But Braves in six. There you go. Yeah, I wanted to say five as well. Like, that would be cool to see them win at home. Uh, I do – I think Braves are going to – it's going to be six, too. It would be cool if it was a sweep, like Josh says. But this this is one of those topics that we can all agree on. It's the team that we want to win. So, go Braves. Braves in six. New World Series champions. And and then I think it would alternate. Like, I think we're if they win, we'll have alternating team, like different teams winning for the last, like, six or seven years. I, 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 I knew this stat the other day. I don't remember anything. But, alrighty, let's transition now to my favorite subject, basketball. First week of the NBA has went and gone. And the Jazz off to a great start, 2-0 start. They beat the Thunder, which, you know, wasn't surprising. They went and played a tough Sacramento team. Took them a while to get going. They ended up beating them. And then there's Josh's Lakers, who had a rough start. 0-2. Thought they were going to go in 3 for a minute. They're losing to San Antonio in the fourth quarter right now. So, kind of crazy stuff. So, what's... Get, I don't care. Someone can start. Josh, let's start with you. Let's start with you and your Lakers. How do you feel? What's going on? Is it time to panic this early on in the season? No panic mode yet. It's 82 games in the season. There's history in the past where any sort of super team that's being put together, um, very rarely do they get a hot start. The last team I remember coming together being a super team that – Mesh off the bat were, of course, the Warriors with Kevin Durant their first year and the Boston Celtics in their big three. Um, the only thing that concerns me with this new form Lakers is um, where their offense is going to come. And, of course, defense, because when you sign someone, when you trade for someone like Westbrook, yes, I will say his name, Westbrook, um, he's not that hey, great of a jump shooter. Um, in my opinion, but he is, he does that. He does have heart and that's 
what can bring energy to the Lakers. And um, also when you have a completely new start to a team, like most, the only players that really have come back were, I mean, could be wrong, but LeBron and AD, those are the two that come to mind. Um, and of course, Horn Tucker. Um, and so completely new team. So it's going to take time to mesh. And looking at the first three games, I mean, when you look at us playing the Warriors, they're 4-0. Um, they're a team that's going to be back in the Western Conference. I mean, with Phoenix, they have their players intact. Um, Memphis, we did get away with the scare there with John Morant missing a free throw at the end. And I'm, I saw what had happened with Bazemore because it wasn't a nationally televised game. So I saw a video of what happened. I'm thinking to myself, if I would have saw that live, I would have just went through the TV and slapped Bazemore in the face. Cause you don't do that defensively. You don't make that mistake, especially for him as a veteran, but, um, and then he was complaining about it. Yeah. He, he was complaining about it. I was like, what are you complaining? You, you like, you had his, you had your, your hand on his arm to disrupt the shot. Um, but I think overall, just to cut it short here, um, it, there's no panic mode. I mean, this win in Memphis can help kind of propel their momentum. The Lakers right now, they're having a huge fourth quarter against San Antonio. They're outscoring San Antonio 22-9. to And so I, it's going to be back and forth either way. I mean, San Antonio is just shooting out of their mind. When you shoot 40%, you know, that's going to be a hard comeback for sure. But... Um, I just think it's no panic mode for them yet. Um, it's still a lot of ball games to be played, and they'll figure it out eventually. When they'll come, who knows? I mean, the Lakers are one and two for a reason. I think they don't have shooters, and people realize that, and they're going to make you know your supporting cast beat. A team, yeah, you're going to have games where LeBron takes over and they win it, or AD takes over and win it. But then in a playoff, you need other players stepping up. And maybe, you know, Westbrook will step up and be that guy. But I don't see anyone really stepping up. I mean, LeBron's already hurt with an ankle. Josh, I mean, you still say wheelchair... Either in a wheelchair, they're Lakers in five, but injuries are going to play a huge role this year for them, and it's already showing. With with the yeah. injuries, though, it's not he re-injured it; it's just soreness. So it's not where he's going to be gone for like a month, like a month or two, like last year. And so um, it's not going to be a time where he's going to be gone for for some time. It'll be here and there, but but yeah, I mean, I agree; they're old, and so. The key focus is getting to the playoffs healthy. And so even if that takes LeBron load managing, um, you know, I've, I don't care if people hate that word or not, but it works for players like LeBron. Load managing helps so he's not playing back-to-back games. Yeah, and that's what they're going to have to do with the old Lakers team. Uh, the other thing I have to ask you about, Josh, is – I mean, I think people are making a bigger deal about this because, like you said, there's still lots of games to be played. They have to figure things out, chemistry, everything. So I can agree with that. Like, I don't, I don't, it's way too early to panic. You know, uh, I think when you panic is when they start getting people injured, you know, their main players. That's when you start to panic. 
but what about uh, people making a huge deal about the Davis Howard fight on the bench against the Suns the other night? Again, people overreacting what? about it. I mean, this is not the first time that players. It's like people look at that incident. It's like this is like the first time that um, you know this happened in the NBA. There's different um, times in the past where players have done this to each other on the same team. I can see why they overreact because this is like the first time they've seen like two Lakers players go at it. At least for me, this is like the first time two Lakers players going at it. But I think just looking afterwards, um, it was just the heat of the moment, just frustration. It's human nature to have that reaction. And I I liked what they both said about it after the post game that, that day. It was just like, we, we man up about it and we just moved on. We just laid it to rest. Yeah, it happened in the heat of the moment, but it's not like I hate the guy. Yeah, I mean, they were they were just losing by quite a bit to the Suns at the time. And I can see, you know, there's big expectations on the Lakers. So speaking of big expectations, there's big, big expectations for the Jazz. Uh, they started 2-0. They're playing right now. I'm watching the game. They're up by nine right now in the second quarter against Denver, which is a pretty big test to start the season. Hauser is also a jazz fan, thankfully. Not as big as me, but he's a jazz fan. What do you have to say about how the way the jazz started their season and what to expect over the next couple weeks to see who they are? They're, they're also number one in the power rankings right now, too. That just came out today. Not that those matter whatsoever, but they are, so that's kind of cool. Yeah, one or two, depending on what power ranking you, you see. But I... um. I don't know. This is a great start for the Jazz. I mean, I feel like the Jazz, um, me, me and Clint talk about it every year. They always lose to the no-name, not no-name teams, but the teams that are like, eh, the teams that you, they should beat, but they still lose to them anyway. And they played them like OKC and Sacramento, which Sacramento, you know, is starting to figure things out. But Yeah, they're, they're not a pushover this year. No. But I think like... Ultimately, I think that this is a good start, and hopefully the Jazz beat the Nuggets. I think this is a crucial game for the Jazz. I know it's the third game in, but this could be a tiebreaker game against the Nuggets where down the road they can, you know, this can determine a fourth or fifth seed or even a one, two, three, like top five seed. Um, So I think they need this win. I think they need more wins against the top teams so they can have the tiebreakers. I feel like the Jazz, you know, usually don't have tiebreakers against teams. Like, they didn't have the tiebreaker against Phoenix, and they just had to beat them outright, which is okay. We did it last year, but it's nice when you have tiebreakers where you can, you know, if you're tied or if you're up by one, you can just rest knowing that you're going to tie, and it's fine. You still beat them. So, you know, good start for the Jazz. Hopefully they win tonight. Yeah, I agree with you, Hauser. We talk about it every year where they – like last year, I think they played Sacramento first and beat them, and then it's like then they have Minnesota at home. It's like, yeah, we have like four games in a row that should be winnable, you know, that we should win to start the season, and then they lay an egg against Minnesota at home. And then, you know, they always seem to do that. So when they were losing by like nine against Sacramento in like the second half, I'm sitting here like, dang, is this going to be the game? I knew that Sacramento's not a pushover this year. They, they beat Portland the night before. You know, they almost beat Golden State the other night. They they have a tough schedule to start, but they're they're not a pushover this year. So they 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 gave us all we could handle. And Donovan was talking about after the game that 
he was happy with the way that the Jazz were able to do in-game adjustments and adjust to how the game was going and still win. So, yeah, I'm pretty excited. They they have quite the schedule uh, this weekend. Like, if they can get by the Nuggets, you know, then they have the Rockets, which is that game that hopefully they don't lose, but they always seem to do. And then they've got the Chicago on Saturday in Chicago and then Milwaukee on Sunday in Milwaukee. So this will be the test this weekend will be to really show where the Jazz are at. But Josh was there for their first game the other night in the lower bowl. Lucky son of a gun. Uh, just seeing them in person, what do you what do you think of them this year, Josh? And what do you you know, do you think they can go? He Josh was telling me he's like, I am a jazz fan, just not when they're playing the Lakers, so I mean, looking at the Jazz like like in from hindsight, like looking at them, um, there's not one flaw, at least that I've seen. Um they have perimeter defense. Um they have uh the backs, the backside defense as well. They have Rudy and Whiteside um, going in and out of the rotation, defending the post. And so with Whiteside, I think that was a huge pickup as far as a bench um, goes. And so just looking at the Jazz, there's not one fly. I think they're probably the most complete team in the NBA. And so, um, I mean, the important thing is. Um, you guys staying healthy too. Everyone's just got to be healthy. Health, uh, health was like a big thing in the playoffs last year with a lot of teams. Um, and so, but I just think, yeah, the Jazz right now—they're the most complete team. All right, now before we transition to our pickums, let's the first week here and gone with the NBA, and there's been a few surprise surprises, at least in my opinion. Especially in the East, you got Chicago, which is not surprising necessarily because of what they've picked up, but they've shown that they're, you know, they're going to be there to contend for a playoff uh, position. New York's playing well, three and one, beat 76ers tonight. Just had one bad game against Orlando. Charlotte, three and one, blew a chance to win the game last night against the Celtics and lost in overtime. Uh, Milwaukee's right there in the East. Washington started with two and one. Miami, Brooklyn's you know having still having all that you know Kyrie Irving drama. They're just trying to get going there. And then you got the West with Golden State. They're back. We talked about it before. We think they're going to be back. There they are. Uh, the Jazz. Memphis off to a two and one start. Denver off to a two and one start. And then you know Lakers and Portland both off to not very good starts. So. What's your guys' thoughts on like the surprise teams that have kind of came out gunning right off the bat? I will have to say, I mean, it's still pretty early. So, I mean, 82 games, 3-1, and 4-0, whatever. It happens all the time with teams, so. Yeah, but I, I mean, just watching these games, and I really think Chicago is a force to be reckoned with. Um. They're playing with a lot of, you know, energy, a lot of with, and I think they're going to be a great team. Uh, I think this might be a year that we actually see uh, the East actually have uh, eight winning record teams who make it to the playoffs and not, you know, two or three below 500 teams make it to the playoffs because the East are weak. I think they're stepping up their game. And I think... 
we might be able to see more of a balance of, you know, all-star between the East and West. Still think the West is better, but, you know, Chicago has been my biggest surprise so far. Charlotte, they're doing okay for first games. The Knicks, they made it the playoffs last year. I think they'll make it again, but Chicago is probably the biggest surprise. How about you, Josh? Uh, for me, um, I, I'd be the, I would say the same. Surprised but not surprised just because of who they picked up, uh, the Bulls. Um, I think that's another team that's that's complete too. Um, um, shout out to Caruso or Caruso, an old Laker. Uh, sad to see him go, but I'm glad that he's thriving in Chicago. Um, Josh just misses him. I, I do. He he had him. a lot of heart, and he he can play, especially on the defensive side. So we miss him for that Man, for sure. His alley oop from Lonzo Ball was crazy it was awesome <laughs> that's another thing i think a big a big signing for the bulls was lonzo um he had you know his ups and downs with the lakers and new orleans but i think he found his home in chicago um he has a fresh new start um so i think he'll he's big for chicago but moving on to other teams um again it's it's a start i mean brooklyn's like in last in like the eighth seed um, yeah, Washington there, which um, kind of a little surprise too. Um, and so another thing to look at too is Minnesota, but I won't say they're like the top three, two, or the one seed in the West. I think this year they'll make the playoffs. Um, but I mean, when we look at the teams they played, they've only played the Pelicans twice, Houston, and um, so I mean they've played bad teams, um, but yeah, I I think it's still a little too early to kind of see who's surprising. Um, but I think it's if this continues to play out the way it is, um, it'll be exciting for sure. Yeah, I think the play in this year is going to make it very interesting in both the East and the West because uh, you're going to have teams that are, you know, right there on the bubble. Like, if Charlotte ends up falling down or whatever, they're still a good team that could still make the playoffs even if they're not in that top eight. I think the play-in is just going to be very interesting this year. Uh, but I agree with you guys. I think Chicago is, like, a like one of the most surprising teams in the first week, but also not because of who they picked up. Uh, I agree that Lonzo was, you know, kind of an underrated signing, but I also think DeMar DeRozan, you know, that last signing they did was kind of under the radar as well. I think he completes that team just as much as any of them. I think they all just it comes together. They got Vucevic last year, and they got Zach Levine. They're just a stacked team. And it'll be interesting to see the Jazz play them on Saturday and just see, you know, how they really stack up against them. Uh, but I think one of the most surprising teams for me personally is Charlotte. Uh, I know it's just the first week, and they could go downhill, you know, uh, but – it's kind of a surprising little start for them. They should be 4-0. They should have won last night. Uh, uh, Hayward threw a very bad pass when they had a chance to win the game right there at the end. It went to overtime, and then Tatum and Brown kind of went off in overtime. But I think they're just kind of surprising, and it'll be interesting to see if they stay up there. New York uh, was kind of a surprise team last year, but now they've added a few new pieces in Walker and Fournier. 
you know, I think they're going to be right there all year long. So it'll be a fun year for sure. So let's transition now into our last thing here, the pickums. While we're talking about the NBA, let's do our NBA pickum. Uh, through the first week, I have a four and one record. Hauser has a four and one record, and Josh has a three and two record. So let's start with the first game here on Wednesday night. We have the Suns versus the Kings. Hauser, who do you have winning this one? I have the Suns winning this one. I mean, the Kings are good, but the Suns made it to the NBA Finals for a reason. And I think they're still just as great as a team. So I have the Suns winning. Um, yeah, I mean, pretty pretty easy pick for me. I have the Suns. I just think the I just think offensively that'll be too much for them. The Suns are good, and they're going to be right there. And I think you know they're going to be one, two, or three in the West. But the Kings, they've had a really good start. They've played well against some really good teams like the Jazz and the Warriors, and they beat Portland. So I think they're actually going to do what they did against Portland, and they're going to go into Phoenix and upset them. So I have the Suns winning this one. I mean, the Kings winning against the Suns in this one. Um, Just to make it interesting, that's 2v1. Um, Next up, we got uh, Thursday night. We've got uh, on national television, we've got Warriors versus the Grizzlies. Start with Josh on this one. Um, I mean, again, pretty easy. Uh, pick for me. Um, the Grizzlies are going to be a team back in the playoffs. Um, I don't think they're a fluke too. Uh, John Morant's playing out of his mind. Um, future MVP in the making, I believe. Um, but I think the Warriors, <laughs> they have Steph Curry. Nothing much to say. <laughs> Warriors win. I actually think the Grizzlies are going to win this one. Um... I just think, you know, John Morant's playing great. And, yeah, you have Curry, but he can't always score, you know, 50 points a game for you to carry. And I just don't think the Warriors will step up to this game. And I think they'll win down low and win with points in the paint. So I have the uh, Grizzlies winning this one. How's they going with the brave one, with the, the upset there in San Francisco. Uh, I don't have the Grizzlies. I have the Warriors winning this one. They're at home. They've came off to a great start. The Grizzlies are good. They're going to be back to playoffs, like Josh said. Morant is a star in the making. Uh, but I have the Warriors winning this one. So, another 2v1. Uh, moving on to the next one. On Friday night, we have the Heat versus the Hornets. I'll go first on this one. Even though Hornets are a surprise team, I think the Heat... They've had, you know, a really big high beating Milwaukee by however many points they beat him by the other night. But then they lose a game that they shouldn't lose. So it's back and forth, but I have, they're at home, and they're just getting things started, and I have the Heat winning this one. I'd have to agree. I think the Heat are just too good. They're another team that's going to be dangerous from the East, and they're going to show us why Charlotte's just I mean, they've had a great start, but they're going to fizzle out eventually. So I have the Heat winning this one. Yeah, uh, I have the Heat winning too. Um, I believe them going to 
the finals a few years ago wasn't a fluke either. Um, I, they added Kyle Lowry into the mix, and just with that, I think that it improves them tremendously. So I had the Heat winning in this one. Now we have our first sweep today. Also Friday night, uh, we got the Lakers versus the Cavaliers. Uh, Josh, we'll start with you on this one. Um, I mean, Cavs, Cavs are looking good too. They've had some players that I think um, helped them uh, quite a bit, but I think um, overall, I think matchup-wise, um, I think it's just a matchup nightmare for the Cavs. Um, they have bigs down low that can defend. I'll give them that. But I think um, overall, it's just going to be too much for them. I, of course, have the Lakers winning. I'm in Cleveland. So I got to go for the Cavs. I'm calling the upset. Lakers, eh, not my favorite team. I'm not choosing the Cavs because I hate the Lakers. I just don't think the Lakers have figured it out yet. And I think the Cavs are on a hot streak. So go Cavs. When I was putting this together, I was just trying to find a Lakers game to do. And that's the one that might be the best game. I didn't even think about the fact that Hauser's in Cleveland has his little second NBA team to cheer for. Uh, LeBron always seems to play well against his former teams that he used to play with. I'm not sure if he'll even play in this game because of his injury, but the Cavs are looking a lot better. You know, uh, they beat Denver last night in Denver. You know, Mobley's looking like he's a future star. But as much as I don't like the Lakers, for points-wise, if they lose, that's fine. But I'm taking the Lakers. One side note real quick, I'll make this quick. If you guys didn't see, AD was down here with his knee, but he's now back up. Look like he's playing well. So it was a scary moment, but he's back and playing. And the Lakers are winning in overtime, so see what happens there. So final one here is big one for the Jazz. Sunday night, Bucks versus the Jazz in in Milwaukee. I'll go first on this one. I love my Jazz, uh, but I believe this is going to be their first loss of the season, uh, assuming they don't lose tonight or lose to Chicago. Uh, I do believe they will be 5-0 and going in that game, but I think they're going to come out 5-1 and because the Bucks are at home and the Bucks are just really good, so... If they prove me wrong, that's totally fine. But I have the Bucks winning this one. See, I don't waver with my faith in the Jazz. Just kidding. I uh, <laughs> I actually think the Jazz are going to win this one. The Jazz do step up to the level of their competition, especially somehow on away games. And so I think the Jazz can, you know, come and into Milwaukee and win it and show everyone why the Jazz are ranked. power. Uh, the power rank is number one or number two right now, and I think the Jazz win. I, I have a lot of faith in my Jazz, Hauser. I always have faith in my Jazz. I just, you know, I got to show that, you know, I'm not just biased, and I do believe the Bucks are going to win that game. So I would love it if the Jazz won. Anyways, John? <laughs> um, my thoughts, I believe that, your Jazz can go undefeated. 
um, at the end of this month. Um, you have the nut. You you're playing the Nuggets right now. You have the Rockets coming up. I mean, tough matchup for the Bulls and then the Bucks on the road. Um, but I think with Rudy and Whiteside there uh, to help uh, underneath the basket, I think that'll be huge to still to stop Giannis. Um, I think they can match up well with him, even though he's outside the perimeter. But I think the Jazz can pull it off. They can build a wall for Giannis, and I have them winning in this one. Thank you, guys. Thank you. We'll, we'll see what happens. Side note, before we go, uh, I'm watching the Jazz game right now. Jokic just went down with a knee injury, and he's not getting up, so we'll see what happens there. Uh, I don't think it's a knee injury. It just seems like the knee's hit. So um, I don't think okay. it's going to be I just too... saw him laying on the ground. Definitely so going to yeah. be a, a bruised knee for sure. A sore knee that's, for sure, yeah. When, when you hit news three, Rudy, that's probably not to feel too good. All right, now let's move on to the NFL pick em. Let's go through these as quick as we can here. Uh, just so you all know, we have our first 5-0 and week by me. I went 5-0 and last week, so that was that was fun. Hauser, you went 4-1, and and Josh went 3-2. and That gives totals right now. I'm catching up to Josh now, thankfully. I'm 22-13, and Josh is 23-12, and and Hauser is 20 and 15. So let's go to the Thursday night matchup. This is the big one that we kind of mentioned earlier, the Cardinals versus the Packers in Arizona. Josh, uh, Hauser, start with Hauser. Hauser, you have winners. Um, being in Arizona, it's really hard to choose against the Cardinals. Um, I think the Cardinals actually, you know, will come out and beat Green Bay. I think it'll be a tough match, but I think Cardinals beat Green Bay in this one. Yeah, with the defense that they have, um, and especially with uh, Rogers' first first weapon, um, going to be out with COVID protocol. Uh, so there goes his Devonte Adams. I mean, there goes him. So that will not help Rogers for sure. Um, but I think the Arizona Cardinals will just continue to be on the roll. I have the Cardinals winning this one. Yeah, I agree. I have the Cardinals winning. I think it'll be a close game. You know, Aaron Rodgers is back and hasn't lost since that first game, but I think Cardinals are going to continue before they have their downfall that Hauser says is coming. So that's a sweep there. Let's go to Sunday morning. Uh, Browns versus the Steelers. Start with Hauser again since this is his hometown, current hometown team. The Browns. Uh, I just... Don't think the Steelers are that great. Yeah, they beat my Seahawks. Uh, but I think the Browns are just going to, you know, show us why they still deserve to be in the playoff contention, even with all the injuries. And I think the Browns will win. Yeah, pretty easy pick for me. I mean, the Browns, they're just. Browns are just better than the Steelers. I don't know what it is with the Steelers. I mean, Big Ben's getting old. So Browns win this one. Yeah, I agree. The Browns, they've had a kind of a rough start to the season, but they're back and forth, and I think this is a win that they will get. So there's another sweep. Let's move on to Sunday afternoon. Uh, Saints versus the Bucks. We'll just start with Hazard again. Easy the Bucks. 
Saints shouldn't have won this last game against the Seahawks. Not just because I'm a Seahawks fan, but I really think the Seahawks outplayed the Saints. Um, they had missed points left on the field with the missed field goals, and so I think the Bucks are better. So go Bucks! Yeah, Bucks win easily for sure. Yeah, we'll make that a third sweep in a row because I have the Bucks winning too. They're just too good, and the Saints. They're decent, but you know they're not. They don't have Drew Brees, so and Bucks winning. So let's go to Sunday night football: Vikings versus the Cowboys. I'll start this one real quick. I don't think the Vikings are that good. Cowboys are decent. Started five and one, even though this is in Minnesota. I still have the Cowboys winning. I think you know. Being in Minnesota, the Vikings are figuring things out. They have a pretty good defense. I'm going with the Vikings. I think this is where we see the collapse of the Cowboys. And even though they're a great team, Dak's playing great. Um, Vikings are going to win it. Yeah, I'll see one back and forth in this one. Uh, They haven't declared if he's going to play because Dak has the calf issue. Um. But I think we'll see. Um, I honestly believe um, toss-up for me, but I think the Vikings can win this one. I mean, I know the Cowboys are on a hot streak, but they played teams that haven't been really that great. Um, so I think the Vikings can come in with a win in this one. All right, our first 2v1 in the NFL pick em. Uh Let's go to Monday Night Football. Chiefs versus the Giants. How's the Chiefs are bad, but they're not Giants bad. So I have the Chiefs winning this one. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to say that they're they're awful. I mean, the Giant, we can, I can say the Giants are awful. Chiefs winning in this one easily. Yeah, I totally agree with Hauser. Chiefs are bad, but not Giants bad. Yeah, Chiefs are going to win this one. Pretty easily and kind of sort of get back on track for the year, even though, you know, Patrick Mahomes is tied with Zach Wilson for the most interceptions this year. All right, let's move on to the final pick-em. Case I'll pick-em, NCAA football. Right now, currently, last week, I went 4-1, Josh went 3-2, Hauser went 3-2. I'm currently leading 26-14, Hauser's right behind me at 25 and 15 and Josh is trying to catch up at 22 and 18. So we'll start off with the first game here. Big one at Michigan state, Michigan, Michigan state, the big rivalry number six versus number eight. How's it? Who do you have winning? Man, Michigan looks good. Um, Michigan is finally showing us why, you know, they have one of the big stadiums. They're in the Big Ten. Uh, Jim Harbaugh is actually showing us why they keep him around. Michigan finally has, you know, a great team. Uh, But I just don't see them winning every game. And it's in East Lansing. And I have the Michigan State... Spartans winning this one, 31-28. For this one, um, 
I went back and forth in this one, but I think ultimately, I think this uh, this could be the year Michigan can make into the playoffs. They've always had letdown years, and I think Jim Harbaugh will do his best not to allow that to happen again. I mean, I still remember when Michigan muffled that punt years ago in that game, and Michigan State won it that way, but um, I actually have Michigan winning this one. I think they can pull us out, and they can make their way into the playoffs. Yeah, I uh, I agree, Josh, that, you know, Michigan's good, and they might – I mean, Hauser thinks, you know, like they're going to have their, their mess up. They're going to screw up here. I think whoever wins this game has a really good chance of winning the Big 12 – or Big 10, sorry, Big 10 and getting to the playoff. Uh, I have a uh, coworker at the place I contract for that's from Michigan. He's a, he's a Michigan fan, and he said – he told me the other day that uh, people in Utah think they know what a rivalry is between BYU and Utah, but it's nothing compared to Michigan State and Michigan, so this should be quite the game, especially since they're both ranked in the top 10. But I have Michigan winning this one 31-25. I'll say nothing is like a rivalry like oh, the Ohio State and Michigan. That's a rivalry. I'm going to have to correct you, Josh. It's the Ohio State and the team up north. We don't say their name. Here oh, yeah, that's right. You, you don't say their name. <laughs> team up north. I just, you know, and to go kind ahead, of go Hazard. along with Clint's thing, yeah, this, these two teams are really good, but, you know, Ohio State had the one loss versus Oregon, but they're figuring stuff out. Their defense is figuring things out. Their freshman quarterback's figuring things out. And I still think Ohio State's kind of a force to be reckoned with this year still. Yeah, and I think whoever wins this game, Ohio State has Ohio State plays both of them, and I think whoever wins this game actually can help Ohio State get into the play-in, the play playoffs, the play-in playoffs by winning by beating them. So, anyways, let's move on to the next game: uh, Utah State versus Hawaii. I'll start with this one. Utah State is better than Hawaii. It's at home. I have them winning thirty-three twenty-one. I agree. Utah State is just a better team. Hawaii did beat Fresno, whatever, but they haven't really beaten any other good teams. They've just beaten no-name teams. So I have Ohio, or Ohio State. Now you have me thinking Ohio State. Utah State, 34-27. You have Ohio State winning this week too, Hauser? Yes, I want them to win. Okay. All right. <laughs> No-brainer for me, Utah State. Go Aggies. Next one we have on the docket is a big matchup in the AAC between the Houston Cougars and the SMU Mustangs. The Mustangs are 7-0, and and the Cougars are 6-1. and Big game. Uh, SMU is ranked number 19. A lot of people say they're the only ones that can beat Cincinnati. They play in a couple weeks. So, Josh, who do you have winning this one? Um, went back and forth, honestly, but looking at it more in depth, um, Houston has the better defense. Um, they're ranked one of the top defensive in the nation. Um, they, they're they like that for a reason. Um, I think SMU can give them a run for their money, but with Houston being at home, I, I just think that's a tough environment to play in. So I think I have uh, Houston in this upset. I disagree. Uh, SMU is... 
there's a reason they're ranked 19th and Houston's not. Um, I really think SMU is going to win this one. I have them winning 28-20. Yeah, I kind of went back and forth on this one too, but Houston's only loss this year was Texas Tech, and I know they're not that good, but it was early on in the season. And so I am going to choose Houston because they're at home. I can't decide on a score, so I went with the famous 26-17. All right, next one on the docket is UCLA versus Utah. And we've kind of sort of already said who we think is winning, so well, we can talk about it more in depth if you want, or we can just give your scores. However, um, I have UCLA winning... 31-24, if their starting quarterback's healthy. If not, I just don't see them beating Utah. So I might switch this later on, just because it's depending on an injury. You can't do that, though. The only time can you can do, do that is if you accidentally do it when you're showing your wife how to do it. <laughs> you just gotta well, show I'm your wife again. accidentally switch it. Yeah, I'm gonna show my wife how to switch it again. <laughs> she just doesn't get it yet, right? You gotta show her again. She's like, I just don't get it. Right, especially if that quarterback's hurt. Yeah, I mean, I'll be honest. I'll I'll agree with Hauser. If UCLA's quarterback is back, um, Utah just has a tough time against mobile quarterbacks. Um, but I'll just go with what we know right now. He's not confirmed playing. So with that, I have Utah winning 21-17. Either way, I'm not going to switch. I'm going to be honest. And my wife doesn't care about it, so... She won't ask me, so I don't, I don't get that uh, that excuse. But uh, I have UCLA winning, like I said before, and once again, I can't come up with the score, so I just went with 26-17 again. So let's move on to the last one. Uh, number 25, BYU playing to get home against Virginia. It's going to be quite the game, uh, I think. I think it's going to be a close one, but I do see the Cougars winning this one 35-31. Yeah, for for me, um, BYU's at home. Um, Virginia's not that great defensively. They have a great offense. Um, so it could be a shootout for sure, but I have BYU winning 26-17. <laughs> um, I just I think BYU's secondary uh, and their defense is better than their linebackers, and I think they will match up well against Virginia and their quarterback, especially with their, I hate to say it, their prevent defense. They don't let big plays happen. And so I think BYU will just kind of match up well. Uh, they're, no one's going to run on them, and I think BYU wins 24-21. All righty. That'll just about do it. Got all my picks in. I just got to say I love talking sports with you guys. There's so much going on right now, baseball, basketball, football. It's just a great time of year. The most wonderful time of the year. For sure. So It's great for for us, but not great for our wives. Oh, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Or my phone. I watched so much uh, (laughs) sports on my phone. It was like you have like nine hours of screen time every day. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I get that notification yeah, that's too. Kinda, that's kind of how I am too. That's why I'm I'm 
limited to watching one jazz game a week. So well, let's just be grateful for our wives being able to allow us to do this. So thank you, um, especially to my wife Bailey. Love you with all my heart. So thank you for letting me doing this. Well, I love you, Josh and Clint, oh. with all my heart. Oh. I love you guys too. How special! How special! <laughs> Alrighty, well. If any of you are still listening, we're sorry for all that. So, um, <laughs> I'm not sorry. Sorry, not sorry. <laughs> I love our listeners too. Okay. There you go. We love you all. So, thank you for joining, and hopefully, join us next week for another fun-filled discussion about sports. <laughs>